Hello, Generation Church family, friends, our community here in South County and all over Rhode Island, New England, and, and maybe some people listening uh, from around the world. So I want to encourage you to lean in, raise your expectation for how you are going to hear from God, hear from His Word through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can't wait to connect with you more in person and online in the coming days. We love you so much, church. The best days are ahead. happy to be in church today. Come on. Gosh, it's not even an hour in and uh, I am filled, 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 filled. All right, let's stand, please, at the reading of God's Word. There's going to be two scriptures, two passages of scripture that we are going to look at together. Uh, We're doing a series called Easter church, and uh, we are focusing on um, at least the 40 days after Jesus rose from the grave, where Jesus was uh, speaking to the people of God about the kingdom of God, and uh, 2,000 years since Jesus rose from the grave, what is it about Jesus, and what is it about the, the Easter church that would bring us together 2,000 years later. Uh, There's a lot of um, religions out there. There is a a lot of uh, teaching out there, a lot of leaders. There's a lot of false teachers, heresy. There's a lot of stuff out there. But there is uh, one name. There is one God one king, one savior, and really one kingdom church. And that's why we're here as the Easter church, amen? So there's two encounters after Jesus rose from the grave. Uh, There's one encounter, uh, there's two specifically that we're gonna look at today. Matthew 28 is what we've been reading the last few weeks, and then I'm gonna read another passage, Uh, but... I might have you sit down for that because you guys have been so good this morning. No, I'm just kidding. You guys love singing? Yeah. And praying? Man, so good. All right, from Matthew uh, chapter 28. Now the 11 disciples, verse 16, went to Galilee to the mountain in which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. They were hesitant. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. As you go, therefore, and make disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. Let's say that together. We are Trinity people. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you're thankful that God's with you today, 
You can grab a seat. A little bit louder. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Grab a seat. We want to welcome everybody online, um, no matter who you are. Maybe my mom is watching this later. Hello, mom. You did well, by God's grace. Sorry for never listening to you. Amen. Who here knows every Sunday is Mother's Day? Yes. Well, welcome, seriously, uh, people online. We hope uh, those either watching or listening that you would um, join us in uh, beautiful South County, especially as we get ready for the summer. Title of uh, this message is this, uh, I am an apprentice. I am an apprentice of Jesus. No clever title today. I wanted to just give it to you straightforward. I am an apprentice of Jesus. Would you say that with me? First say, I am an apprentice of Jesus. So an apprentice is another word for disciple. Uh, why do I use that word apprentice, which is actually closer to the Greek, is because the word disciple if I were to ask you, what is a disciple, I might get a lot of different answers. All of us know what an apprentice is because all of us have either been around, you've been an apprentice, or you've heard that word. When you hear the word apprentice, what do you think about? Training. What else? An apprentice. What is an apprentice? Following a master. That, you must have read that commentary too this morning. That's good. <laughs> what else? It's true, following a master. But again, see, sometimes you, you realize how, how language, we can get overcomplicated uh, with, with some things. So that's so true. But think about uh, a master, right? We're, let's, has anybody been an apprentice in this room of something or someone? You can give feedback here. Yeah, you've been an apprentice of something. So to be a master is of someone, to be a what? Another word for an apprentice is a student, right? A learner. This is, this is really important. So all the language in the world, first off, you need to know that the first person to ever speak was God. We get all language because God gave us the ability to speak, Right? and to understand, and to be able to comprehend. Some of you are like, not ready for that. But it's true. Just think about it. To be a student, to be a, a, a learner. Okay, do you think that all followers of Jesus are called to be disciples? Yes or no? Yes. yes. Do you think it's easy in the church, and maybe you felt this way, that sometimes we have different class citizens in the kingdom of God, right? There's sometimes people who are more serious, right? Do you know that it is possible to be a Christian, to believe that Jesus is Lord, and yet not be a disciple? Now, everyone should be a disciple who's a follower of Jesus, because being a disciple is a choice and a response to 
Jesus, a response to God and what he's done and, and who, he, who he is. So in the beginning of this passage, it says, Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all people, groups, in all nations, all languages, all tribes, all tongues. So if Jesus, his first words, his first command after rising from the grave is, Go and make disciples. He's assuming that you and I are what? Choosing to be a disciple. I'm kind of taking a little bit of time with this because for you in this room or online who I hope and pray are considering following Jesus... that the invitation to be an apprentice to Jesus is the best decision you could ever make. Do you agree? But why? So we see that because of the cross, Jesus forgives us of our sins, right? Not spending eternity in hell separated from God, that's a good thing but that's not the main message of Jesus. The main message of Jesus is, I wanna show you how to live here and now, right? Why do you think it matters that uh, we would talk about this, reflect on this? We have millions and billions of people who will say the Lord's Prayer, but we often don't stop long enough to think about what are we actually praying, right? Do you know how dynamic and how a big deal it is to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Do you know that's a pretty big prayer to pray? God's kingdom is God's government, God's world. God, I want your world and your authority to come down into my life and I want you to take over. <laughs> right? Here's the thing, Jesus is the master and the ultimate bridegroom, and the ultimate master of the house. Do you think that Jesus will follow up with you and me about how we did with that? Right? Right? If anybody's in charge of something and you're in charge of other people, does anybody here have people report back to you when you've commissioned them and given them some authority, some responsibility, right? It matters how they do that. And it matters how you and I see the kingdom of God come here on earth with the authority of Jesus. So it says, make disciples. So what is a disciple? It is an apprentice. See, Jesus in the book of Matthew, he taught about everything. There really is nothing new under the sun. Specifically in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, do you know the things he talks about? He talks about anger. He talks about murder. He talks about Sex, he talks about lust, he talks about stealing, he talks about all the bullying, he talks about retaliation, he talks about all the areas that human beings deal with, right? Jesus didn't have to be a human, he chose to because he so loves us, right? 
Jesus became a human being to show us perfect humanity. Do you know that Jesus wasn't bored and he just said, you know what, I just wanna kind of help these little peasants that I created on planet earth and I'm gonna become a human? Do you know that he so made us in our original design to rule, to reign, to have authority, to have a world all as it should be. Humans messed it up. Humans still mess it up. Anybody mess it up in the last five hours? We all mess things up, but Jesus became a human being to show us true humanity, and he gave us teachings. He gave us teachings. So do you see it? He says, go make disciples. So these disciples and anybody in this room, and I love, I love our church, and I love the local church in general. People often say, how, you know, how's your church? How big's your church? How are you doing? Like, first off, it's not my church. And I said, second off, I have three kids in my own house, and that's a lot to lead. Anybody with me? And I'm actually the hardest to lead out of anybody. Anybody ever realize that lately, that you are the hardest person to, to try to get in order to do the things you said that you do? Anybody? Some people look at me like, okay, well, I pray humility come upon you. <laughs> Anybody have a hard time leading themselves? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Some people look at me like, oh. <laughs> like the pastor is saying that, that I'm giving you freedom to be okay with being messy and not perfect. So I was gonna call this message, I don't know, like 12 things that I've learned in my you know, because my birthday's coming up soon, you know, 12 things I've learned in my 22 years. Turning, not 22. But in, in my years, but I'm thinking, nah, you know, I don't want to give that. I just want us to realize I am an apprentice of Jesus. You are an apprentice of Jesus. So to be a disciple, I think about the people in this room, people online, people listening. Jesus starts with 11 disciples, students. And he goes on, he says this. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism in light of Jesus, right? And the, the, the Holy Spirit filling you, being sealed with the Spirit, and there's new life within you. You have a new heart. You have a new identity. You have new affections, new desires. How do you know, first and foremost, if you are a Christian? Well, one of the ways and some of the evidence is what? That you have a new affection for Jesus, a new desire for God. Would you agree? Nobody's a Christian who doesn't want to be. If you're a Christian, you have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave within you. You have infinite riches and treasure, far bigger than anything else in the world. You have what? The spirit of God in you. You have forgiveness. You have peace that surpasses understanding. You now can have joy in all circumstances. You now have God. The life that you and I want is to know God. And Jesus made himself known to us. 
Amen? He is the object of our affection. Would you agree? How do we become Christians, followers of Jesus, Easter Church? We've been welcomed into the community of God. Not by any merit, not by any work, not by anything. I've heard it one time. I was you know, at a local coffee place that I love, and they, I love it because they're always talking about religious things because they know that I'm a pastor, but I never really take the bite. I just sit there and make sure that they're doing their best job with their coffee. Seriously, it's some of the best coffee in South County. And they'll often say back and forth like, hey, you know, I have a St. Peter and uh, this person has this saint. And, you know, I wonder if they're gonna, we're gonna get into the pearly gates and the heaven. And they're kind of talking and like kind of look at me and I'm just like, I'm just, I'm just drinking my coffee. I'm enjoying this. And they'll say things like, I'll get into heaven or you'll get in. And I don't say anything at that moment. I'm just listening. And the point is, whether there's unchurched people like that or, or irreligious or whether it be more religious people, the only thing that gets us into the presence of God our Father, a relationship with him, the only reason is the what? Unmerited grace of God. There's one. Give me two. Anybody else? You are brought in. You guys, God is holy, all-consuming fire. He's good, faithful, and loving. He's the most important person who has ever existed. Why? Because he existed before any person or people ever existed. He's the beginning, alpha. He's the end. He's the omega. He's the reason for every season. He's the reason for every breath. He's the reason for every molecule within you. He's the reason for every moment that you have. Jesus is our living God and he came and he alone, based upon his good work and righteousness and his sacrifice, the only reason we have a relationship with God our Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Whew. That is amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved us. Okay, so it's his grace that makes us a child, a son, or a daughter into the family of God. In light of God's choice to us, okay, let's make it practical. When I was 16, I got delivered from evil and demonic oppression. I got set free up on the mountains and the hills at this camp called New England Keswick and the Berkshires. What happened in that moment when I was 16 is I learned this. I got a lot for you today, by the way, and a lot of notes and things that I think is really gonna help you. I hope it's so simple, but supernatural. But I, I do wanna give you this and encourage you. God's yes is stronger than our no. that's good news every single one of you at one time said no to worshiping God and some of you even right now you know what I'm saying you feel that resistance right you've had it one time there's a resistance to God there's a resistance to God 
Amen, right? There's a, and then, but God's yes is stronger than our no, right? So we like to celebrate people in our house, celebrating my amazing father-in-law, father-in-love today, his birthday. Yeah, it's amazing. But here's the thing. I told my son, because he said, and I love, love, love my kids. We're celebrating, it today is all about Papa. I said, today is all about Jesus. That's why Papa is coming to church, and we celebrate Jesus, and we're also gonna celebrate Papa. It's really quiet here. I like that. I like quiet today. Implication. Do you think the majority of people, and even in your own life, have a common pattern or rhythm of celebrating Jesus? No, right? Right? We talk about honoring and celebrating people. It's an amen, it's a value, but celebrating Jesus. So in light of God's yes being stronger than my no, that matters. That's the anchor, the ballast that keeps you and me. So at any moment when I'm not feeling God, at any moment when I sin and I'm imperfect and I mess up, at any single moment, I remember that God's yes is stronger than my no. Amen? That's the good news of Jesus. God delivered me. He set me free from demonic oppression. That's why we just prayed and we sang over anxiety, over depression, right? Over these things, over them. God, our healer, God, the one who makes us whole, so in light of God's yes being stronger than our no, our response is what? Romans 10, nine says, everybody who confesses with their mouth from their heart that Jesus is Lord will be saved from death to life, right? You do need to know, everybody at the sound of my voice, you've, you, you've heard it and, and the day is drawing near. Jesus is returning. You need to know it. Not everybody gets brought into the family of God. The invitation is for everyone, but today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. I, I feel this so, like, not just this moment, like, in general. Like, like, no, this moment is drawing near, and people don't get it. Even Christians, and I, even me, I forget. And the invitation is to what? Repent and turn to Jesus. Love you, stop worshiping yourself and worship the living God, Jesus. I kinda wanna just stop right there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would turn people to you in Jesus' name, amen. So don't think this is doom and gloom. God saved me and I've never been the same. I've never been the same. I've been changed. I've been awakened. I've been revived by the grace of God. Has anybody in here been filled with the Holy Spirit and is a follower of Jesus? Anybody in this place? So here's the thing. You and I then have a decision to make. Do we decide in light of God choosing us first and foremost, do you and I decide to follow Jesus? 
as his students. What's our decision? Because it says this. Go baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is an allegiance now that you have with Team Jesus, an allegiance you have as a follower of Jesus. It goes on. Teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God chooses us, but the invitation that I, that I, that I, that I pray for, maybe just a few disciples in this room, I pray for all of you, is that you realize the opportunity, the invitation to follow Jesus as an apprentice, to be his student now. We are called to be his students, his apprentices. Listen to this quote that I, that I, where the rest of this really, this message and direction I wanna go, and it's from Dallas Willard, and he says, says this. And this is, see, this is, you know, there will be a time where we, we end, where we go, but one of the things that happens as you are filled with the Holy Spirit and as a follower of Jesus, even in this crazy world of distraction, is this, is that you're, you learn to feed yourself so much that you get so hungry that you want more of God, more than anything else. Would you agree? And so I'm gonna talk some, about some specific things like in my own life, how everything that I've been given, every single blessing, I was thinking about this with my wife. We went on a date last night. I was saying every single blessing, every child, marriage, every single thing is solely because God's yes was stronger than my no but then a lifetime and a lifestyle of following him. I really want to, in this season, help people to say, it is God's grace. It is, it is God's mercy that has brought me into the family of God and brought you into the family of God. But can I tell you, we make a decision to seek first the kingdom of God. A lot of people want the blessings of God, but they don't want to be obedient to God. A lot of people see blessings or look for something, but Jesus makes it clear. Seek first the kingdom of God. You and I have the opportunity to be his apprentices and his students. He says this, Dallas Willard, and he is in any case, God, interested in my life, that very existence that is me, He's interested in my life. Did you know that? By the way, I really wanted to get to this, but I just had to like start the beginning to talk about because I, it, I want us to just, I can't do it, but I pray the Holy Spirit to give us a fresh hunger for the joy of our salvation, right? Because you have a thousand and one things grabbing away at your affections, grabbing away at your desires, grabbing away at your thoughts, grabbing away, and we need to be restored to the joy of our salvation, right? I, I don't think that a lot of people are preaching this. We need, to, we need to hear it, we need to hear it so that we can be followers of Jesus. So Dallas Willard says, interested in my life. He's interested in my life. He's interested in you. This is why we're Christians, amen? He's interested in us. The very existence that is me, there lies my need. 
I need to be able to lead my life as he would lead it if he were I. There lies my need. I need to be able to lead my life as he would lead it if he were I. Do you catch that? So as his disciple, I am not necessarily learning how to do special religious things, either as a part of full-time service or as a part of part-time service. My discipleship to Jesus is within clearly definable limits, not a matter of what I do, but how I do it, and it covers everything, religious or not. Take a moment to catch that. What he's saying is, I don't just look to Jesus and say, okay, Jesus, how would you run my business? How would you work uh, as a, whatever your job is? Or how would you do marriage? Or how would you do parenting? Do you know what the kingdom of God, the invitation is this, he says this. He says, how would he lead it if he were I? Meaning what? The kingdom of God is through us. That you and I, no matter what it is that we're doing, whatever, whatever it is in any season of life, what does it look like if Jesus was leading our lives? Here's why this matters. And this is so important. And this is why sometimes I often don't want to preach on the Great Commission and these passages because I'm so, so often, and I get it because I see it in my own life and we'll get there in a moment. We're so often bored with the Bible because we don't spend time with God. And, and, here's, and, here's, and here's the challenge. Here's the challenge, church. Here's the, here's the challenge. Sometimes I don't want to preach on like discipleship or the Great Commission. All of this is because it becomes so familiar that we just kind of check off the box. But I, I gotta believe, and increasingly so for us as a church, God is bringing person by person who has given up, who has tried every other form of religion, every form of church, every type of spirituality, and they are hungry for life and life abundant. They're hungry to truly live, and I, and I gotta believe that's you as well. And what he says is essential to being an apprentice of Jesus. There is no hierarchy with God. So God does not say, if you go and you travel to another country or do this or that, then you are a real disciple. Or if you are a passionate prayer person, or if you always go to church, you're a disciple. What he's saying is this, in every single thing that you do, what would it look like if Jesus was in charge and he was doing it? I know this is, Dallas, he has a magnum opus called The Divine Conspiracy where he fleshes so much of this, this out, and, and I, but I wanted to just give you this verse and you can keep it up there and spend time just reflecting on it. I need to be able to lead my life as he would lead it if he were I.
You know, there were seasons in my life where my wife and I, we went to Fiji. We served the death for, for, for under a year. We've now started a church. I've served at a church. But can I tell you, after at age 16, where God's yes was stronger than my no, and I became a filled up Holy Spirit follower of God, the rest of my life, can I tell you, and I want you to look at your own life, and this is as a church what we're trying to change perception of how people see the church. I don't look at my life when I went to the nations and we need people to go and spread the gospel of Jesus to the world. But in every season of my life, can you look at your own life, look back and even where you are right now? When I was a soccer player, when I was a tennis player, when I was mixing cement as a landscaper in high school, my goodness, God bless. Can we give it up for everyone? Mix, that is a job and a half. No, seriously, in every relationship, in every school that I was at, and I went to a lot of schools and colleges, in every, te- when I taught tennis, in every single season and in everything that I was doing, God, by his grace, has taught me, and he shows us here that the right question to ask is, what does it look like to be a student, an apprentice of Jesus, no matter what I'm doing? Is that encouraging to a few people? Is that encouraging to think about? Meaning, if you manage money, you're not a less than disciple, but God's saying you're a disciple as you manage money. If you teach students, you're not a less than disciple if you're teaching them, whether it's history, science, or whatever it is. You are a student of Jesus as you teach. If you're a barista, if you own a business, if you're a student, if you're a son, if you're a daughter, What does it look like to be an apprentice of Jesus no matter what you're doing? Going on in that quote, it's so significant because I mean, and this is so unique, you know, in in preaching sometimes because you have some people who are like been Christians in Sunday school and others who are brand new. So it's very unique. You could just imagine that. But like, can I just tell you, people have this idea that full-time ministry are the people who are preaching, the, 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 you're a disciple if you're like on fire and you're always leading something in the church. Breaking news, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to be an apprentice of Jesus, that's who you are no matter what it is that you're doing. Isn't that liberating? So you go to your work on Monday and guess what? No matter what you're doing, if you're caring for children, you're a disciple there. You're not less than somebody else who's going overseas. Right? I think, I think this is a needed message. Is it not, general? The general? Like, we need to be reminded of this over and over and over in everything, everything that we're doing. He says, either as a part of full-time service or as a part of a part-time service, my discipleship to Jesus is within clearly definable limits. Not a matter of what I do, but how I do it. Imagine that. God teaches us and cares about how we do things, not just what we do. That's what I came here to say. That's it. Right, Dan? That's it. How we do things, 
I, I, and I, I know we don't, you know, like I, I pray this and I think about this especially with young people, but it's all generations. I see a generation of people who say, no matter, when I had no clue what I was doing and not married yet and didn't have a full-time ministry, God told me to go walk to the three different jobs that I had in the city of Providence. And you know what he said? I am with you in this season after graduating college and I want you to go, I have a confession. I want you to go to Banana Republic today and do it for the glory of God. I worked there for a season, don't judge me. No, I'm serious. There was one season, I did insurance, I was driving up to New Hampshire, I worked at ServPro, and then I went to Banana Republic. Three different, and I was teaching tennis for a season. Guess what? I was a follower of Jesus, learning, not in perfection, but in repentance and turning to him, to be a follower of Jesus in every single situation that I was in. Because after God's yes to me, my yes to him was a life time of obedience of following Jesus. I wanna encourage some people today that you are not less than as a mom or as a dad, as a factory worker or as a professor. Whatever you're doing, the invitation is for you and I to be a follower, a student of Jesus. And how would Jesus do what you do? Is this liberating? How would Jesus be a teammate to your teammates? How would Jesus be the mo- How would Jesus do it? Here's some of the application before we go and we go out and we make disciples. Jesus apprentice lifestyle. Here's the lifestyle of a Jesus apprentice because you do see it in the word. Are we a church that loves the word of God? Amen, amen. It says teach them to what? to do everything that I commanded you. So the first thing that we need to do in a lifestyle as an apprentice of Jesus is, and I'm gonna give you a a, a lot of W's today, and it's this, you need to be with Jesus. (laughs) You need to be with Jesus. You know, we have this epiphany sometimes, people at the baseball game, and uh, you know, we say, oh, we're going on a date night, and other people, it's kind of a cool community, they're like, I need to go on a date night, and it isn't really complicated that if we don't spend intentional time with our significant other, it's very easy to lose step in unity. Would you agree? Really simple. We need to spend time with Jesus. But here's the thing. Don't get me for, for some of you. I know. Okay, I, I will encourage you. Encourage you here. Guess what? Did Jesus end this by saying, I will be with you until what? The end of the age. So what's the good news as we learn to be with him? What happens if you, or let me just say me, forget to spend time with God in the morning? My first reaction, your first reaction and decision is what? Jesus is still with me. Is that good news? Is Jesus still with us no matter what we do? Yeah. I know. It's, it's already a little hot in here. Yesterday it was cold, or right? It's cold, hot. 
Don't worry. I won't keep you too long. Seriously, is this encouraging to, to, to anybody this? That even when you are not spending time with Jesus, God is still with you? Yeah, thank you. That's it. God is still with you. God is still with us. But guess what? The f- lifestyle as an apprentice of Jesus is this. You need to spend time with God. He said, teaching them, other people, make disciples, everything I've commanded. These disciples spent at least three years with God. And then he spends 40 days with them before he's ascended and goes back to the right hand of the Father. He spent 40 days like a good leader, preparing them for what was next. I, 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 I love Jesus so much. He's the ultimate leader. He is everything that I've always desired but never knew that I needed him. And Jesus needed to be untangled from religion for me and for a whole lot of people. And part of the reason more than ever why we exist and I even look ahead to the summer and the days ahead is how can we untangle Jesus? And, and it starts with you and I spending time with Jesus. You gotta read his scripture. You gotta spend time with his teachings. And guess what? It's not condemnation if we don't spend enough time or more time. It's a joy that there's no condemnation and we get to spend time with the living presence of God who created heaven and earth. Amen? So first, you gotta spend time with Jesus. Here's the translation. In everything that you're doing, in your coming and your going, in your car, in your every day, in your every relationship, Okay, how, how can I make this, you guys are leaning in here, how can I make this so, so simple? I'm getting ready to prepare for this sermon and literally this all happens at once because I wanna destroy the, the perception of this hierarchy of what does it mean to be a disciple? And, and here it is, I'm getting ready to prepare for, for, for a sermon and I have, my, I have my kids running around, I gotta get them in the car because they gotta get to work early. There's a dead squirrel right in front of our big tree that I need to scoop up and the trash wasn't yet, it was taken out but the trash people didn't come. And then I'm figuring out while I have about 10 minutes to get them to school, what do I do with this dead squirrel? Because I don't do a lot of handy things but one thing I do do and it absolutely turns my wife on and it's this, it's when I get rid of dead animals that happen to be all around us in our ba- and so on. I know that's weird but like everywhere, anybody with me? I'm sorry, I'm just gonna, gonna, I I just gotta break through. I hate, like, I love church. I realize I could be here all day. I get it. We got things to do. Game seven, Boston Celtics, amen. You got amazing plans. I get it. I love you. Here's the thing. Um, It's not even nine o'clock yet. And I'm scooping squirrels. I'm just real life. I'm getting kids in the car, dropping them off, and about like 10 other things I'm doing. Oh, and a good thing, by God's grace, we are, we, I mean, if you ever want to learn how to run a estate sale and a yard sale, I got the people to go to in my family. <laughs> and that was on Friday too, right? And I'm getting ready to preach a sermon on discipleship. And guess what God said? You're a disciple as you're cleaning up animals and putting kids in the car and going about your every day. Amen. Do you think this, we need this as a church? 
You're not a Christian or a disciple when you go to church, if you go to church. One of the reasons why we've lost the fire and the, 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 the waves of revival in the church is because people are not spending the time they need to as a disciple during the week so that when they come to church, they're not looking for a word. They already got a word. Yes, you can clap for that. I love you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I do best in like big Pentecostal African-American environments like gospel. That's the best environment. Not all the time, but by God's grace. Amen. Like people would have shouted me down, preach at white boy like 50 times, literally in the front row and just like tambourine in my face, but it's okay. We're all at different places. <laughs> with Jesus. Can you say with Jesus. You are able to be with Jesus. Yes, prepare for time before you wake up. Would everybody agree that you are a more loving, kind, and gentle person that before you see blessed human beings, you spend time with the creator, savior, king, God, Jesus? Would you agree? We are kinder, more loving, healthy people when we spend time. But can I encourage you? As you go about your day, as you go about whatever it is, we can spend time with Jesus. We spend time with him by spending time with him through the scriptures, through prayer. So the lifestyle is just being with Jesus whenever, wherever, with whoever, Amen. Whenever, can you say whenever? Wherever. Whoever. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus in the heavens is just, the angels are giving me drums here. Whoever, whenever, wherever. Can you look out right now on your week? Because you guys have been so great today. I'm gonna give you a little, Few minutes right now that you can something that my wife and I did last night we planned out our, our our whole summer I want you to right now think about your every day coming into work and leaving work hey do you ever do you ever um do you ever think that there's a reason why when you're really tired and you're with and you've worked really hard and you're thankful that in the craziness of this economy you barely maybe have the lights on and food on the table that you are so short of patience and energy with the people that you love who you've worked so hard during the day to provide and care for? Do you ever think that it is in those moments of the mundane that God wants you and I to learn to be his students and his apprentices? You agree? So you might ask, I sometimes get angry. So what does Jesus say about that? I sometimes escape and go to patterns that are not healthy. I sometimes don't wanna face my soul, so I scroll. Over and over and over. It's in the everyday moments, especially in the private, that we what? We spend time with God, you guys tracking? Wherever, whenever, with whoever. 
I was trying to look back. Rather than give you 12 things about learning to be a discipleship, I, 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 could, I could say that. I could say that, that simple obedience and saying yes to God, saying everything that God's given in my life is saying yes to Jesus and being obedient, not caring about what people say, not caring about especially American Christians say or people in the church. No, 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 no. I've, I can tell you endlessly the blessings of saying yes to God, but I wanna make it practical and it's this. Spend time with God wherever, whoever, whenever. And can I remind you again? The kingdom of God is good news. It's good news when the kingdom of God comes into your living room. It's good news when the kingdom of God comes into your lips and you stop being sarcastic and snarky and snappy with the people that you love. It's good news, amen? It's good news when I don't freak out that everything is not in order and I really can't control things, especially when I see the kids and the squirrel. But the kingdom of God comes in that moment. It's the kingdom of God when I look at my kids on Sunday morning and say, before I rush to church to preach, we're going to prepare our hearts because we are the church and we need a slow down spirituality as some new preachers have said it, but it's really an older reality that the followers of Jesus, we need to slow down for the kingdom of God to come in every area of my life. It is all grace that brings us into the family. Does it take some work to be an apprentice of God? <laughs> is it worth it? It's so worth it. With God, whenever, wherever, whoever. And here's the thing. Can I, I'm convinced of this. The reason why in your life and my life, because you know this, it is not my job to make the disciples of the people at your work. It's not my preaching that's going to do it. It's not a building. It's not worship style. Guess who is gonna make disciples at your work and in your family? You. You have the spirit of God in you, amen? I'm not gonna make disciples of your neighbors. You are. And you have the Holy Spirit in you, amen? But here, hey, here's what we gotta know. Here's what we gotta know. Here's what we gotta realize. If you don't spend time with God, you're gonna forget how good God is. Right? When you slow down long enough, you look at the person that you love. I mean, I just look at that. My, my, I look at my wife. I'm like, you've had three kids. You won another. You got nominated for another nursing award. You wake up at six o'clock in the morning and you run. And you are beautiful. You're amazing. I don't yell at that when we're at dinner, but look at me. Look up here. Okay, okay, husbands, wives. There was a time before all the stuff and you were at the altar and you looked at one another and that was all you needed. Are you with me? Amen is right. So when you spend time with Jesus, guess who's greater than every other person? The creator of heaven and earth, of breath and of life, Jesus Jesus, you are worthy, you are great, you are awesome, you are beautiful, you are good, and I wanna remind my soul, and I wanna remind others, and here's what happens when we spend time with Jesus, learn to follow Jesus wherever as his students, whenever, with whoever. Guess what? We welcome people together. 
we welcome people together. And what do we say? I just wanna remind you, I probably will fail you a few times because I'm not perfect, but guess what? I am loved and I'm accepted. And the king of the universe, the hound of heaven, God lives within me. God is real. Jesus is alive. He rose from the grave and I wanna welcome you. And I got other people in a community of followers and I wanna welcome you into the family of God. I wanna welcome you to Jesus. So before we go out as followers of Jesus to make disciples, I encourage you to spend time with God wherever you are, whenever, no matter whoever, whoever's there. Our whole lives are to welcome people together to Jesus. Why else? Would we be, why else would we be living? So Jesus apprentices in every age and generation. You can put the ages up. Whether you're one to 12, to be an apprentice of Jesus, this is my prayer, that you'll have parents. So all parents, your number one joyful responsibility is to see your kids from one to 12 at least, to what? To be apprentices and students of Jesus. To be followers of Jesus. In your teenage years, for every teenager at the sound of my voice and any teenager in my own house that one day will hear this, what does it mean to be a follower and a student of Jesus? It first means that you listen and you obey your parents and every other authority in your life. It means that you remember that you're loved and as you explore creativity and all the ways that God has made you first and foremost, pray that you have come to a relationship with God. For everybody who does not have a parent or a father, even in their old age, this is why we need the local church where God not only places leaders in place, but spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. You need to get in a church where there's spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers. We need to be a church of apprentices and of students who are what? Who are training up the next generation, not only our kids, but the other kids, especially those who do not have fathers and mothers in the faith. In our teenage years, they are for seeking first the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus taught. In our 20s, our 20s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 30s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 40s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 50s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 60s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 70s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 80s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. Our 90s are for, any 90s? Our 90s are for seeking first the kingdom of God. And especially if you make it to 100, they're for seeking first the kingdom of God. Easter church, 
God hasn't obliterated planet Earth and you and I because he has a plan and he has a purpose to redeem all things. Seek first the kingdom of God, be an apprentice and a student of Jesus, and in every season, every relationship, every job, everything you do, you are an apprentice of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. Heavenly Father, words fail. Yours don't. Thank you, Jesus. Jimmy, if you'd just come up, I want to just send you out and in Christ alone. So, what will be our response? It's hot in here for sure. We have plans for today and spring and summer. What will be on our lips and our thoughts as we leave here? What will be our thoughts when we come to community group? If we do during the week or when we drive to work or when we're tired at night or feels like tired all the time, God, I pray that our response will be, I am an apprentice of you. And I thank you that I can follow you and learn about you and know you because you've revealed yourself to us. The other disciples in the Gospel of Luke that I didn't read, they say this. That very day, verse 13 of Luke chapter 4, 24, it says, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and he went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them named Clopas answered them, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in the last days? And he said to them, what things are, and they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers, they delivered this Jesus up to be condemned to death and they crucified him. Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all of this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some woman of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb, and they found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. 
And he said to them, think about this, they didn't recognize Jesus in his resurrected body. He says this, oh foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. What is not necessary, was it not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning him Self. Would you stand with me? He goes on. He says, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly saying, stay with us for it is toward evening and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. And their eyes we're opened to Jesus. And then he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, receive this church. Did not our hearts burn within us while he asked us on the road, while he opened up to us the scriptures and they rose that same hour and they returned to Jerusalem and they have found the 11 disciples and they said this, the Lord has risen indeed. Say that together. The Lord has risen indeed. God, make us a generation, Lord, with our hearts that are burning for you, Lord God. God, I don't need to go to a conference. I don't need to go to a big gathering. I don't need big preachers and speakers and worshipers, Lord. I have the word. You say that you are revealed. All of scripture was about you. So God, burn people's hearts. I pray for an open heaven. Lord, even, even as, Lord, we, we, we leave and we go to make disciples through your power that even kids, Lord God, would come up here or downstairs or wherever, Lord. Awaken the children. Awaken the adult children. Awaken and revive your church. Burn our hearts right now, Lord, for your word. Burn them, Lord, when we don't feel it, Lord, throughout the week. Open our Bibles, God. We want our Bibles open, our hearts open, our knees bowed down before. We can't go forward. We can't go forward, Lord, in anything without you. We are your apprentices. Can you just say this? Say, I am imperfect. Say that out loud. I am imperfect. I am imperfect. But God... He made you a student. He made you a disciple. Lord, I pray for every business. I pray for every family. I pray for every student. I pray for everyone, Lord God. In their comings and goings, in their taking out the trash, in their cleaning of their houses, Lord God, in the driving of their cars, thank you for teaching us to be your students. Thank you for teaching us. And we say that you are life. You are life abundant. You are the risen king. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you empower people as we learn next week in the coming weeks about the power of the Holy Spirit and being empowered by you so that we can spread the kingdom, Lord. I thank you, God. I pray, Holy Spirit, for every single church, every single pastor. This is, this is not for fitness. There's nothing right now. This is for you, God. I pray for every, every priest in their home. I pray for every man, for every woman. 
I pray for every pastor, every leader, every church, Lord God, big or small or whatever, all over New England, Lord God. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for a wave of revival of regular everyday people who are your apprentices in whatever they do. I thank you that you are with me when I was walking the streets to the mall to work. You are with me in making cement. You are with me in teaching tennis. You are with me, Lord God, in going to Fiji. You're with people in this room, Lord God, whether they're in Westerly, whether they're in Wickford, whether they're in South Kingstown, whether they're planning to go to another country wherever people are in every generation we seek first the kingdom of God thank you Jesus thank you Jesus